and welcome to Sex at Every Size, where two sisters meet each week at the intersection of fat phobia and human sexuality to break down some of the myths and misinformation about fat people and pleasure. I'm your host, Cassie Wilnauer. And I'm your host, Haley Rausch. Today, we're going to do a little pilot intro just to kind of let everyone know who we are. Trailer, if you will. Oh, a trailer. Yeah, it's a trailer. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So you can start. Tell people why you're here and who you are. I'm Haley. I'm an anti-diet dietitian. So I'm a registered dietitian, but honestly, just not what people think dietitians do, which is like put you on a diet and make you skinny. Super anti that. The reason why we're here is just to kind of dismantle diet culture and fat phobia and all the places that it gets into our life where we don't even realize like that that's what's going on. Yeah. So we kind of want to like bring attention to. So it's sort of like once you start intuitively eating and fighting diet culture, you can't stop seeing it everywhere. And so we're just kind of like having those conversations, talking about it where we see it and also throwing in the angle of human sexuality as well, which goes into what you're all about. So tell us about you. Yeah. So I am a psychotherapist. So people get confused when you say therapist because they're like, like a physical therapist? No, I am a licensed professional counselor, which is just like one of the ways that you can become a licensed therapist. I work in Kansas, live in Missouri because I live in Kansas City and we just do it like that. I have been working on becoming a certified sex therapist for a while now. I'm in a clinical sexology PhD program. So I've been learning all the things about human sexuality and something that I'm noticing is missing from the training that I've even been doing through this program is that we don't address body politics enough. It's not something that gets discussed and it's like you can't unsee it once you've seen it. So something that I'm really interested in talking about, bringing to light, and obviously just super fascinated and interested in sex. So basically, I'm here to say that it doesn't matter what your body looks like. You deserve pleasure. Yay. And I'm here to back that up. <laughs> mm-hmm. And currently right now, I'm I'm just working as a, a dietitian and skilled nursing facilities. Eventually, I would I'd like to Use this as a stepping stone to be able to really work with the clients that I want to work with, which is directly dismantling diet culture uh, with nutrition counseling, with those who are wanting to learn how to intuitively eat and kind of like on the side of disordered eating, not necessarily eating disorders, although I'm not against it, but just trying to, because I feel like disordered eating, which we'll get into a bunch, but disordered eating is so prevalent um, and people don't even realize that they're doing it. And so that's what I really want to help people with is is get rid of the disordered eating habits that they have and find peace with their body and find peace with their food, what they're eating. And I can speak to that difference too a little bit. I think people get confused because we'll talk about eating disorders and disordered eating because those are two very different things that stand alone um, on their own. Disordered eating, there are eating disorders that are like clinically diagnosable, and those are like mental health concerns in addition to with all mental health issues. It comes with a certain set of behaviors that are maybe maladaptive, which is just a fancy word for saying not super great for you. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So when we talk about eating disorders, we're talking about the ones that, you know, you've, everybody has heard of, like... Anorexia nervosa. Yeah, anorexia, bulimia, binge eating disorder, on and on and on. And then when we talk about, like, 
disordered eating, we're talking about those specific behaviors that people engage in that are also maladaptive, but don't necessarily qualify for like a clinically diagnosable mental health condition. Right. Still extremely harmful to your health, um, depending on the severity of it, harmful for your mental health, like et cetera, but it's not clinically diagnosable. And it's probably not going to put you like in the hospital, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So part of why I'm here and why I want to be here is because something that I have realized through my own like intuitive eating journey is that a thing that I think a lot of women, probably men as well, but as a woman, that's basically all I can really speak to. I think that a lot of women believe that wellness culture whether that be like fitness or dieting or exercise or whatever, like that that's like a hobby or like a thing, like it's like a, a facet of their identity. And I know I felt that way for a really long time. And something that has happened to me through my own intuitive eating journey that I am still currently on and definitely have not like come to an end or like I'm not at like this pinnacle or anything, but <laughs> something that I've realized is like, oh no, like that's actually really not a part of my personality, like, or, or my identity. Like I genuinely love moving my body and I notice craving it. Like when I haven't for a while. And then I notice like, oh, I might be in the middle of like doing some yoga or something and being like, oh my God, this is exactly what I needed. Like I feel so much better. So for me, it's like a really important coping skill and self-care tool, but it's not really like my identity. And I think so many people spend so much time focused on this because of diet culture, because we're taught that like you have to be thin. And if you aren't thin and you aren't working towards being thin, then you're doing something wrong and you're not fulfilling your duty in this life. It also is like an indicator of like how worthy you are almost. Yeah. I'm more worthy because I go to the gym every single day and I I do X, Y, and Z. Or I'm more worthy because I'm thin. Or I'm taking care of my health. Absolutely. And I'll even notice myself, even still today, I'll catch myself every once in a while, like mentioning that I exercise daily as like a social currency. I know I'm fat, but I am doing something. Like I have to prove that I'm still worthy even though I am fat, because I do exercise. I do do these things. And they're not going to think that you do by looking at you because fat phobia. Yeah. So I notice these things in myself and want to bring that to light. So some of this is like being a person who lives in a fat body and wanting to show there's not a right or wrong way to be feeling about your body and thinking about your body. But also so much of wellness culture eats up brain space that could be used otherwise. Like the things that I'm doing with my life now are so different from the things that I focused on before. And some of that is because like career goals have shifted and I've like allowed myself to open up to certain things that I didn't think I was quote unquote allowed to do before. But some of that is truly because like the brain space that I was using, like fretting about food all the goddamn time is just gone. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's gone. And now I can use it for other things. That's just something that I'm really passionate about and I want other people to be thinking about and seeing in themselves is like, is this really something that I care that much about? I'm right there with you and I am a straight-sized body. So I, I bring a different perspective to all of this, but I also struggled with all of the same things I feel like that, that you did um, aside from, of course, like being in a straight-sized body. Mm-hmm. Definitely lots of disordered eating, really on the edge of eating disorder type behavior all of those things. And 
throughout my schooling of becoming a dietitian at first, you know, in the beginning, I was the reason why I did it is because of the wellness culture and like, oh, I want to be healthy and care about my health and eat the right foods. And then as my schooling kind of went on, I started learning more and realizing all the negative impacts of diet culture on society as a whole and what actually matters when it comes to nutrition and moving your body and how weight has nothing to do with your health. And I was like, oh, and then now that fueled the fire of trying to help bring this to light for other people so they can kind of free themselves too. Because it's freeing. Yeah, I think that gets to a really good point for why I want to do this podcast and why I feel like it's an important thing to do. Because I see it on an individual level. Like, I see this streaming into people's ears and then starting to think a little bit more critically about their own relationship with their bodies and with food and with exercise and with wellness culture and how that might have an impact on, like, a an individual level. But then I also see it as, like, a contribution to this bigger thing of creating more awareness for how this stuff is so pervasive and you know you just see it everywhere and and there are real actual things that happen as a result of diet culture that truly harm people in fat bodies and that's something that I think is really important to talk about and as a mental health professional as someone that does therapy with people I think I see how other professionals can be about this stuff and how they can perpetuate diet culture. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> and weight stigma. We don't want to be one of those. Yeah, I see that and I'm like, oh, I think I just need to tell them. <laughs> and I, like, I don't mean that like a, I'm the, I'm an authority on this kind of a way, but I just think like, this is a perspective they haven't heard. And that's part of what being a therapist is, is always seeking to see a different angle so that you're not causing harm to your clients. That yeah. is a part of what you sign up for when you choose to be a therapist is that you are constantly examining your own beliefs. And the same thing goes for dietitians because there are definitely, I mean, there's a large group of dietitians who are anti-diet. Um, but there's also definitely several dietitians out there who are not anti-diet and do perpetuate weight stigma. And so also just working around other healthcare professionals like nurses who they talk to patients the most and more so than dietitians do. So they are going to also perpetuate, you know, harmful diet advice and things like that. So we're just here to try to break all that down. And it's also like really it's kind of a hard concept to wrap your head around if you're not used to it. And so talking about this stuff and hopefully getting it out there will bring some light to the people around us and hopefully be helpful for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about the format of the podcast. So it'll always be like a conversation between the two of us, but there will be a little bit of structure to it. We're going to bring in, you know, diet culture and where we see diet culture in like pop culture or society in general talk a little bit, touch a little bit on politics just because that's just who we are. It'll always relate to either like human sexuality or weight stigma, body size stuff, diet culture. That will always be a piece of it. We won't just talk about politics for the hell of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're not those guys. <laughs> we get questions sent into us and we'll kind of break down these questions and pick through them and answer them and give some advice for you guys and then end on a positive note. Obviously, we want to emphasize that this podcast is not mental health advice, is not medical advice. It is entertainment. It is informational. So we're not like providing therapy or <laughs> nutrition counseling. Yeah, there you go. This is not therapy or nutrition counseling. So take that for what 
you will, but it is interesting and it's fun and we're having a great time getting prepared to send it out to people. Anyway, hopefully you guys listen, uh, send in all of your questions if you have any. Yes, we would love to hear them. We are sex at every size at gmail.com for email. We are at sex at every size on Instagram. I don't think we have Twitter, but I suppose people could tweet That's it. That's true. Us we could probably we make that it. happen. TBD. Did we mention that we're sisters? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that is an important part. Um, I did say that at the beginning. But yes, we are sisters. I am currently living in Kansas City where we were raised. She is living the dream. In California. SoCal. Yeah, she's in Southern California right now. So, oh, yeah, we're going to have a Patreon page with some perks. We have it kind of set up, but not really anything outlined yet. I figure as this thing grows, that will be a way for people to connect with us. Yes. And, oh, my professional Instagram for my therapy practice for sex therapy is at Cassie Wilnauer LPC. I'm noodling around the idea of changing that handle, but that's what it is for now. So that's where you can find me and see that content and ask me questions. I've also started doing some TikTok. So at Cassie Wilnauer LPC there if you're interested in that. But you can also find those on Instagram. So no sweat. Don't have to do it both places. All right. See you guys later. Yeah. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.